while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. I'm Jess Machado. I'm filling in for Marcus and for Chris. Happy to be here. It's Marcus's birthday today. So he's taking a well-deserved night. I wonder what he's doing. Like, did he need the night off so he could go raging? Like, is he in Boston? Is he in Providence? What is he doing? Like, I know he has like a really good friend group. Like, did they take him out? What what birthday is it? Is it like his 30th birthday? God, can you imagine? That was my prime. No, it wasn't. It was my prime parenting time. I was I was in my prime as far as momming goes. Thank God that there is no um <laughs> no no social media or really cameras around during my twenties. <laughs> Those were good times, huh? Um so fun story. Did I talk about this? I don't even know if I talked I feel like I may have talked about it, but it might not have like I don't know when it makes sense. I can't remember being on air at that time. But um, so my sister, uh, I'm not supposed to talk about this, but whatever. My sister has a friend that's house sitting and the the friend um, was house sitting this house and my sister gets a message and the friend is like, hey, I'm house sitting this house and there's a photo album here and I was flipping through it and there's a picture of you in it. And my sister's like, huh? She's like, yeah, and I think it's you and your sister and maybe your mom. And sure enough, it's a picture of all of us, my grandmother, my mom and myself and my twin sister. And um, it was taken at a place called the Belmont Club. And the Belmont Club was from rumor has it is one of the first bars in the state of Massachusetts to open after prohibition. And, um, it's in fall river. It's in its original building, which is like just an old, like historical building in the highlands part of fall river where I grew up, which is where all of the historical homes are. And the house, um, it's, it was a house and it was turned into a bar. And a lot of the stuff on the inside of the bar is historical and old. And um, when I moved back from Philadelphia after I graduated high school, uh, I got a job there bartending. Um, my mom went there and to meet up with friends who she hadn't seen in many years. And there was a Christmas party. And the guy who ran it, Cliff Pont, 
he needed waitresses for this Christmas party and he didn't have any. And my mom volunteered me uh, to just go around and serve drinks. And I'll never forget it. I was just maybe just 20. And uh, he's like, just basically go around and write what people want and then come back and give it to me and I'll give it to you. And I made so much money that night. And I was like, wait, what? Um, This is great. And so uh, people were like, oh, we like her. She should work here. So I got taught how to bartend there at the Belmont Club. And at the time, I don't think I recognized really what the Belmont was or the belly as it is affectionately called. Um, But over time, while I was there, I learned to appreciate what the Belmont club really was. And it was like the cheers of fall river. And I think every town needs a place like that. Um, I worked the day shift three days a week and then I worked the nights on Sunday. Um, but my day shift was the favorite because we had all the old timers come in and they just talked about old timer stuff. And, you know, my dad was, a fisherman. Um, and he would come in and he would, you know, on days where he wasn't out on the boat and he would talk and these guys were degenerates. They were gamblers. They were smokers. They were, and you could smoke back then, right. In the bar. So they're drinking and smoking and playing cards and then going out to the racetrack, uh, to go place bets. And, um, I just really, really, really loved the Belmont and what it was and the people that were there. And, um, you, it was the kind of place where I could walk in alone and I would sit at the bar. Um, and I'm not a big drinker. I've never been a big drinker. Um, unlike, like my sister (laughs) was blacked out drunk so many times. Uh, I was always usually the person who was driving. I was usually the person kind of taking care of everybody occasionally, but you know, I was really more there for the social aspect of it and talking to people, but I could definitely walk in and sit down at the bar and never, I could go in with no money in my twenties, just walking with nothing, just my face. And I would never pay for a drink, (laughs) which was great. Right. And, um, yeah, it was great. And so it was just, it was great to meet people and, um, have conversations and I don't know how else to describe it. Well, so my sister was, um, you know, talking to these people and the photo album had a ton of other pictures and she was able to send me some of them and picture after picture after picture was of just really great people who I guess probably aren't really great people. Some of them weren't, but it, it just, they were, you know what I mean? Like these are people that they left all of their issues at the door. They came in, they were probably their, their best selves. You know, they were escaping life. They were escaping the reality of, you know, what was outside that door. Fun fact, if you were a bartender there and a wife called and asked for their husband, we would, <laughs> we would yell, across to everybody we'd be like oh yeah hold on let me let me check and then you'd leave the phone near your mouth and you'd be like has anybody seen joe is joe here and then you'd hear guys go nope haven't seen him today nope not here (laughs) you always had to say no and you got a bigger tip if you did um the belmont is just one of those places and uh i think every community needs one even if you're not a drinker you need a place to go where you can like you know just like shoot the crap with people and talk and connect and uh especially politically uh there's a lot of political stuff that happens in uh bars uh you know deals are made <laughs> that kind of stuff that no i don't do them <laughs> i'm as square as they come but you know that that's what's happening uh speaking of elections uh it's election season for small towns like Somerset and some are not. And uh, we've got an election on our hands in Somerset. If you have not um, go back and listen to the podcast. If you go to WBSM.com, go to on demand. 
Uh, if you have the app, it's even easier to find. Go back to the Jess Machado last week, hour three. I put on a clinic um, talking about this contender, uh, this guy who's running against uh, Lorne Lawless, our incumbent selectman. Um, Jameson Souza is pretty much making a go for it um, and basically uh, making everything look really shiny and pretty. Um, hashtag be kind. Hashtag moving forward together. Hashtag I'm out at my favorite restaurant in town with my princess having breakfast. He just checks off all the boxes. He's just going to do that because that's what Dems are really good at, right? They're good at campaigns. Um, and uh, it's on the surface, everything looks great. But if you go back and listen to this podcast, I basically just sat down, you know, before the show and researched all of the things that I remember from when Jamison Souza was an elected official. He served on the school committee um, and it was his, I, I'd like to call a reign of terror. Uh, news story after news story after news story um, about Jamison Souza and his ineffectiveness as uh, a member of the school committee. There were scandals after scandals. I mean, just to break it down for listeners of South Coast, if, you know, City tea is never as good as town tea. There was a, a scandal in Somerset while Jameson Souza was the chairman or vice chair of the school committee where teachers at the Wilbur Elementary School uh, cheated on MCAS tests. Every child who took an MCAS test in math that year got like above proficient in math where the year before more than 50% of them didn't. And they fixed the scores and it got flagged at a state level and there was this huge investigation. Um, and, you know, Jamison Souza for years dragged parents on saying that they, these people were going to be held accountable. Um, and they never were. The state threw out the MCAS results. They, th these kids didn't even get results. Um, and it was this big thing that rocked the town um, and everybody wanted answers. They wanted people to be held accountable. And Jameson was at the helm of the school committee at the time and nothing happened. It just got swept, swept, swept under the rug, rug, rug. And everybody moved on. There was a big meeting. Tons of people showed up. He was supposed to be giving like a result of the um, investigation. Uh, and he gave a very short, brief speech and basically said, yeah, I don't. Uh, we got nothing. And this investigation is closed. And it is literally lingered on for years and years and years. Coincidentally, Kathy Souza, who served as our selectman after the special election after Holly McNamara left, um, Kathy Souza's son was a part of that scandal. He was one of the students. And by the way, after I talked about this and the podcast made its way around town, there was no shortage of people in my inbox that were sharing their stories about what had happened at Wilbur at that time. It also um, opened the floodgates for other people to call me and give me more information, things that actually never really made the news or things that I may have missed. We even had a scandal of a teacher at Wilbur that got terminated or placed on leave and she sued the town and she won. Uh, like a lot of money. She sued for like $130,000. Guess who was on the school committee at the time? Jameson Souza. Uh, who closed Wilbur School? Jameson Souza. And all of those kids from Wilbur School then moved over to South Elementary and burdened those teachers and those classrooms with more students. I mean, we essentially closed a whole middle school and then expected two other, uh, a, a whole elementary school and then expected two other elementary schools, which are both old. Um, my kid's grandmother went to South uh, to carry the burden of all of those students. And so that ended up causing a chain reaction of overcrowding, large class sizes, um, and not having space, so much so that my daughter was in a class uh, and she couldn't have library anymore because they were using the library for a classroom. I mean, the chain of events of a lot of the, the things that Somerset is dealing with right now are things that happened when Jameson was on the school committee. Um, and so I think it's going to be a really tough race for Lorne because uh, Lorne is just a real... Um, 
you know, he's just, a, he's a nice guy and he's focused on the work. And I don't think he really uh, wants to focus on the election. He's busy doing the work. Uh, and I think Jameson's team is is far more sophisticated. Uh, and I think, you know, that may be a hurtful thing to for them to hear, uh, you know, Lauren's team to hear. Um, but I just, I think that Jameson's team has just got it going on. You know what I mean? Um, kind of looks like, kind of looks like the team I had in place when we ousted Jim Lyons. <laughs> Wait, hold on one second. Hold on. I don't know why, but my phone is beeping like a thousand miles a minute. People are getting out of meetings and people are messaging me and it's crazy. Okay. Um, so let's do an update on Jim Lyons. Uh, there is none. Um, he lost, he's gone, and I just haven't heard anything about him. He's posting occasionally uh, things about his dogs, which is great. Um, he's posting, like, you know, on national issues and stuff, but he's essentially gone. We haven't de- had to deal with him. Um, and with him are those potential lawsuits. I mean, I don't think people really understand what was accomplished here with the Mass GOP uh, by eliminating Jim Lyons as the chair. We basically stopped dead in the tracks this plan to you know, use money to sue state committee members and other people and set us up for a lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. It's like an ambulance chaser. I really don't like people that are constantly suing people. It's like you need some sort of validation in your life. Like you're not getting validation anywhere else. I don't I don't know. Um, just because you win in court doesn't necessarily mean you're right or you're the better person. FYI, just saying. Um so that's pretty much gone. And I think that's great. Um, like I said earlier, no news is maybe good news with the Mass GOP. I haven't really heard much of, of anything going on. Um, I do know that there's this kind of like underground attempt to start um, reformulating or initiating the formation of Republican town and city committees by this group out West, Chris Ryan. If you remember, I think maybe a couple months ago, yeah, in the in the summer or the early fall, um, he was at CPAC and, you know, I knew he was attending and I asked him to call into the show and he, he didn't really talk about CPAC at all, but he uh, talked a lot about like the mass GOP or what have you. Um, you know, he's a huge Trumper. Uh, he is all in every time he finds somebody that's going to run for state committee. He announces it with a lot of pomp and circumstance. Um, he uh, is, you know, very proud of the fact that he continues to uh, help people organize Republican town and city committees. Um, he thinks that that has some clout. Um, and so him and his big bank account of like $300 are really making big moves. Um, you know, here's how I feel. I think that we have to find everybody who wants to do work and determine what they're good at and then put them on some sort of a task. You know, that's you're great at that. Good. But the, the, the notion that these people. Right. And I mean, these people like this subgroup that's still following Jim Lyons around like he's some sort of Pied Piper. He's going to he's 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 leading you somewhere. All right. It's off the Tobin Bridge. There's no, there's there's nothing there. Everybody, there's nothing. You're literally following him to no man's land. Stop. And stop this whole thing about starting like this new third party. Like you guys didn't win anything when you were the mass GOP. How are you going to win anything if you do like this subgroup? I I was saying this to um, someone today. 
the feeling when Amy won um, chair, and it was uh, something that I had worked on, uh, that feeling is amazing. And I want every single one of you to have that feeling. I want you all to work for a Republican candidate where you live. And I want them to win. And I want you to celebrate. If you need to get belligerent drunk at the bar afterwards, celebrating with your team or your friends, if you just want to high five people, if you want to get the bragging rights on Facebook, I mean, I want you to feel what it feels like to win so you can taste it and you can want more of it. And then you'll listen to people like me who have a blueprint on how to do it. Stop with these offshoot groups. Stop distracting people with this dramatic stuff. Stop following a guy around who doesn't even wear, (laughs) doesn't even wear shoes. (laughs) He doesn't even wear shoes. (laughs) Just please. It's over. It is over. I want to win. That's what I'm going to play when I come back. All I do is win. I want to win. I want to win races. I want people to get elected. I want them to have power. I want them to do favors for me. I'm kidding. That is not true. I don't need any favors. Have you looked at me? I'm so pretty. I don't need favors at all. (laughs) No. Uh, 508-996-0500. Can you just listen to me, please? I'm not wrong. You know I'm right. You know Jeff Deal was never going to win. There's a video of him on a horse for crying out loud. (laughs) Five zero eight nine nine six. I can't help myself. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. I am Jess. I'm filling in for Marcus and Chris. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back after this. Team twenty WBSM. what it is about that song but it makes me want to chew through concrete i just want to win things i'm already winning at life just keep winning republicans please uh somerset has a really uh crazy race that's going on today was the last day to pull papers in somerset Uh, You've got from now until Tuesday to get 50 signatures on your papers and uh, drop them off at town clerk's office. Funny, a funny thing I should probably mention, not making a big deal out of it. I did pull papers to run for town moderator. That's the person that runs our our meetings. Um, It is an elected position. Um, The lady who currently does it is on her 20th year um, and it's time for a change. Uh, And so I, I, I pulled some papers. I've got a great team of people that are out getting signatures for me um, because I'm not about work right now. And uh, I'm very grateful for my guys uh, that are out there working for me. Um, But essentially, another driving factor behind this was I just don't think that in my community, uh, people should just walk into seats. I have a real problem with it at a state level. We had all of these uncontested seats. Uh, Republicans didn't get the job done under the uh, failed leadership of Jim Jones Lyons, a.k.a. Slippers. Um, And so... in my small community, I just want to be able to impact that and say we we are not going to leave uh, positions unchecked. Uh, so we worked um, to try to find people to 
pull some papers. Um, people that are qualified, people that would do the job and want to do the job, um, but that might not have thought that this was the right time, myself included. Uh, but you know, because there were nobody, uh, no other people stepping up to 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 challenge these people, uh, we, we've done so. So uh, town clerk is another position. The town clerk in our town is an elected role. If our town clerk did not have uh, a candidate that is running against her, uh, she would essentially uh, just get a free pass. She would be our town clerk again. Um, and she would basically be able to rummage around with all of the election stuff. And I, I don't like that. I don't think it's right, especially after the issue I had in November with ballot watching. Um, there was no transparency there and we kind of had it out. Um, I think it's great that she has somebody that is uh, going to be on the ballot. She's going to have to run a campaign. You know, these people in, in my town and everywhere else across the state were essentially not even running campaigns. They didn't have to debate. They didn't have to do anything. In Somerset, people don't even have to show up to candidates night. They don't even do it. If they don't have a competitor, they don't even show. So there's people in the town listening and wanting to hear what people have to say. And because there's nobody running against them, they don't have to say anything. That's not going to happen this time. So I'm very proud of the people uh, in, in my team that stood up uh, and pulled papers. Uh, election cycles are tough uh, at a, a town level. I'd almost rather take the state races over these small little ones because it gets super personal. Um but I think, uh, you know, I say this all the town, all the time. Pat Haddad is our state representative. She's a Democratic stronghold in Bristol County. Uh, she is uh, furthering this Democratic agenda. And Pat Haddad started, started off as a school committee woman in Somerset. And she worked her way up. And, and, and now she's a state rep and we can't get rid of her. So stop thinking about uh, small races and small town stuff not being important. They are. Um, and if you're considering running and you don't know what to do, um, you can always reach out to me here. The staff can get me messages. I know I had someone reach out last time I was on air. They're looking to run. Remember the mom from, um, Freetown that was saying there was an issue with school security and she was, uh, she walked into the schools. She's pulled papers to run for school committee. I love that for her. Uh, just don't let Dems just walk into seats. It's super annoying. Hi caller. Thanks for holding. You are live with Jess. Hello again. Um, Hey, we were talking about an issue earlier, and you got quiet. I want to know your input. On what? Into, um, so the threats of Social Security cops, and it's only certain Republicans that are doing it like that. Coop, Rick, Rick Scott. Um, well, there's a few other ones, too, but there's about a dozen of them that are for it, and everybody else is against it. I, I I don't know enough about it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 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 too busy worrying about China Sky spy balloons. I honestly don't know too much about it. Uh, if the Republicans are a bit behind it, it's probably not going to do anything because they're lazy and they can't get anything done. I don't know what else to say. The I don't Democrats know. Can't get anything done either. I'm I'm just going to live off of my like inherent wealth and my face and find a sugar daddy. Um, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll that's how I'm planning on on living. I've got a bunch of other callers. Thank you, caller, for holding. Let's go to the next person who's been waiting. Hi, bestie. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Good. I was going to call in early, but I wasn't too sure. But I see your first three topics i think they kind of all tie in together well no your first topic i was wondering what was going to happen after i heard that you chiefs won yeah over the eagles with you and your husband yeah but you told us so i was okay yeah i was like in my mind i'm also good nature like nana 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 that right. i won you know right but 
<laughs> Not me. So you, know, you could have married, so you could have saved the marriage first. Well, no, I mean, happy wife, happy life. That's how that goes. But I'm a good girl, so I, I don't yeah. need to. Listen, I get to walk around and know my team won. I don't really need to gloat. It's fine. <laughs> so, anyways, the Chesel, the Chelsea Handler thing. Yes. I don't like her personally, but if you want to be childless or child free, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. I never had kids. I'm 56, mm-hmm. but that's for me. Right. That was my personal decision. But do now, people you give you a kids, hard time about that? Have a family, that's great. You want to do it with a career, that's great. Do whatever, you, what's right for you. Yeah, but do people, have people ever given you a hard time or shamed you because you don't have children? No. Right. I don't know why she's making a big deal out of this. I know. So it's just like, but also then the, that um, Lamone guy, Lemon. Oh yeah, Don Lemon. I think would you call it misogyny? Yes. That, okay, we're not in our prime. Your prime is whatever is best for you. Right. If I you agree. were in your prime in high school, that's a little sad. But like you were the <laughs> cheerleader of the popular crowd. You know you there are people that, that was, you know there are people but, that peaked in high school. Yeah, there's some people that peak. You could be peaking now. Like you seem to be. I'm which peaking is great now. For you. I'm rooting for you. Thanks, bestie. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're so right. It should be. Like, I think it kind of all ties in. Your prime is whatever works for you. Whatever you want to do as a woman mm-hmm. is great for you. Yeah. You want to have kids? Have kids. If not, you know what I mean? The yeah. world is not relying on me personally to keep the population going. Right. But I do so think. You do whatever you want to do. I do, though. Whatever best for you in the world. I, you know, if you're doing something best, good, you know. I do think, though, that it's just the timing of this thing that she's doing and this stand up and this special and everything. It's oh. just more aligned with like this whole dismantling of like the cornerstone, I think, of the society, which is family. Um, I, I Family is very important. You know, I don't have a big one. Think about, you know, my, I can tell you right now, my grandmother was one of nine. Right. And her my grandfather was one of nine. These were big yeah, families. I, back my, gran- then. my grandparents generations were. They yeah. were big family. They, yeah. were, they had the big family still, but only like a few on both sides of my say my grandparents generation actually had kids. Well, and then you go down to like my mom's generation, right, which were the boomers and my grandparents, you know, coming from nine children in each family, they only had two children because I think they obviously knew what it was like to suffer. It was like to share. And then they, yeah. they limited how many children they had, you know, so that they could they give went more. Through the, our grandparents probably went through the depression. Yeah. So I, so, I, I don't know. I just feel like now now we're on to the next stage, which is just don't have children at all. We don't need children. Um, but if you don't no, have children. We need children. We just, you just don't. I mean, hey, if you want to have a big family, just be able to make sure you can afford it. Yeah. I just feel like if you don't have family and you don't have kids, then what is your community really looking like? Um, I mean, some people yeah, might be think doing whatever you want to be doing. If you want to just have a career, focus on a career. That's I great. do it all. I get whatever I want. Kids, that's great too. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can have. You can be a parent and have it all too. This whole thing about like you know, you can't live your life. You can't go. I do what I want when I want. I do what I please and I do it with ease. I want to go on vacation with just my husband. I think it was six years ago this week. I was in Vegas, and from what I remember, it was fantastic. You know, I mean, like we do yeah. what we want. I mean, I like the balance. I like the responsibility. But I also have freedom. I can make my own choices and, and I choose I, the, the idea that you can't be a true woman unless you, you know, 
aren't having children and you're free to choose and go where you want and do what you want without any restrictions is crazy. It's crazy. And by the way, you know, contrary to all of the belief systems out there, you have to be a woman in order to have children and we need women to, to perpetuate the human race. I don't know how else to say it. Um, thanks, Bestie, for the call. Let's take our break a few minutes early and get it out of the way. 508-996-0500. I'm loving the callers tonight. Thank you for uh, joining me. Uh, let's take a break and uh, we will be right back after this. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. The biggest... The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. I met you at a party. You were looking for your car keys. Rich kids and Bob Marley. Yeah, they're never any fun. So we drove out to the ocean. Just to finally feel some motion. The waves sounded like explosions. And we counted everyone. And you kissed like the Queen of California. And it felt like I hadn't been born. I really miss you, West Coast JV. I know you had to get yourself free. I know it gets hard just to breathe sometimes. All right, welcome back, besties. Thanks for joining me tonight. We've got the last 15 minutes less, maybe a little less of the show. Um, and just some programming notes. Marcus will be back tomorrow, I believe. I don't think there's any changes. And maybe Chris is with him. Um, and of course, Barry is on tomorrow too. I haven't caught Barry in a long time. I've been so busy during the day. But if, if you are also someone who is busy during the day, uh, just go over to the WBSM website, get to the app on your phone, and you just go over to On Demand and you can play the recent podcasts right on your phone when you're driving to work, if you have a commute in, um, it's a good time. I don't drive very far, um, but I will tell you when I'm going to Howie's studio to fill in for Grace, it's a great time to catch up on uh, podcasts and stuff like that, uh, the traffic and, and all those things. So I don't know how some of you guys do it traveling into the city and, and stuff like that. It's just, I don't miss it. When I was in my twenties, I used to do, I used to drive to Marlboro a lot and I used to do, drive to Braintree. Um, I worked for Victoria's Secret in the mall there. Um, and I just remembered like the traffic in the morning was just atrocious, but I don't know when you're, when you're twenties, <laughs> like just, you have a lot more patience for that stuff. Um, earlier in like an earlier segment, I was saying like at this time, I'm usually settled in my bed and I'm cozy and I'm like on my phone and I'm relaxing and stuff. And I, I asked, I was like, do you guys like play games on your phone? I have like, I have like this game. I don't even know how I have solitaire, which I don't play consistently, but I also have like this other game, which is not like a Tetris. It's, I don't even know. It's like a brick game, whatever. It just, it calms me down. <laughs> That's all I can say. But, um, Tim Weisberg was listening and he messaged me and he said that he still has Flappy Bird on his phone. And I just, I honestly didn't even remember that game existed until he said it. Um, and he keeps moving it to each new phone that he gets, but he keeps like his older phone where it's on there um, just in case uh, so he can still play it. Um, my husband plays Candy Crush and he's just like at a ridiculous level. Um, it's like a thousand. I, I don't know. He keeps moving it from phone to phone. I don't know. Like, does everybody have games on their phone that they play? Like they, they go to like, 
I don't, I want to try to be a little bit better and not be on my phone as much. Whatever you do, do not go look at your phone usage. You're going to hate yourself. Just don't, do not look at it. Don't go to your phone and, and go to settings and look for your phone usage. You'll be mortified at how much time you're actually spending on your phone. I know I was. So I really tried like to not be on it. Um, but like during like the, the election thing or whatever. I mean, I literally can't be more than like two inches away from my phone. But now that that's over and things are a little bit more neutral, I, I feel like I can be away from it. Um, but even if I'm not like on my phone and doing like Twitter or Instagram, Instagram or Facebook, um, I do find like I spend some time on like those games on my phone because I think it calms me down and it's like de-stressing. And um, I always have like a comfort game to go to on my phone. I used to have a game called, and I will, I will wager money right now that there is absolutely nobody else that has this app on their phone right now. If you do send it to the app chat, a screenshot of it, but there is a game called cat condo. I just, my kids had it on their phones, like on their tablets. And like, I guess I downloaded it on my phone one time. I'm sure parents can relate to this. You put things on your phone so that if you're with your children somewhere, you can just hand your phone off to them and they can play the game while cat condo made its way onto one of my phones back in the day. And I just would play it. And then I was focused on winning. You have the game takes forever and I haven't won it yet. And it's still on my burner phone. I still <laughs> tell me you're in politics without really telling me you're in politics on my burner phone. I have cat condo and um, I don't go to it as much because it's locked in a safe. Um, but uh, I have that game that I still haven't beat yet. And I'm just wondering when I'm going to beat it. It is taking years and I just, I can't get there. Um, and I wonder, would that, like, none of these games actually win. It's just you're forever playing them. They've got us in a hamster wheel when it comes to these games. You just don't win. Like, I don't know my kid, my son plays like he's a gamer now. He's like a big, cool gamer. I don't even know what he plays. He's on headphones and he's talking to people like all over the country. But like when he was little, he used to play like on his Nintendo and we would like buy him games and he'd be like, okay, I beat it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I, I solved every level. I beat it. I beat the game. Mario, I beat the game, whatever he played. And then he would put the game away and then he would get a new game and then he'd play until he beat that. Some went faster, some, some went slow, but it was like a thing you could work towards and accomplish and then win. These games that are on our phones, we never, there's no end. We just don't win. So we're just forever just chasing the game, which I guess is fine. It's serving its purpose, but I like to win things, not, not just elections. Um, so, uh, Somerset has an election cycle that's coming up. Our, I think our election is April 10th, maybe. I know it's in April. Um, I think it's going to be intense. Uh, today was the last day to pull papers. Um, and usually there's some strategy behind that. If if you've got a good team, they're, they're thinking of strategy. And sure enough, at the last minute, in the last hour or two of the day, um, somebody... Uh, two people pulled papers to run for school committee. So this is really interesting. We have two seats up for school committee in Somerset right now. And we have, um, I believe, currently five candidates. Um, we have uh, Jen Ashley is a teacher in Dighton. She's a former Somerset teacher. Uh, she pulled papers today. We had another lady who was a retired teacher. She pulled. We have Jim Nasto. Um, and then we have the two incumbents. So I guess we have five. Um 
And I think that's really interesting. I can't really remember the last time we had that many candidates running for school committee. Um, and I think it just goes to show that people are really trying to, you know, grab a piece of the pie. Um, I can just tell you no personal attack on Jen Ashley. Um, I, I knew exactly who she was when she pulled her papers. Her husband was a representative or he's a part of the MTA. Um, and he was at the advisory and finance committee in Somerset, uh, where we discussed the uh, funding for school resource officer. Um, and it was very clear where the MTA stood on school resource officers. They were against it. They wanted money spent on things like hugs. Um, and so the MTA was against it. And then there were members from the Somerset Teachers uh, Union that were there, very vocal, um, headline grabbing, where one of these teachers said that the SRO that we currently had at the middle school was nothing more than a glorified dog walker, um, which essentially angered enough of parents where they all showed up in droves to the town meeting and a resoundingly over 80% of them voted yes. Yes for the funding. So we always say thank you, Marge, because by her calling, um, you know, her or that other teacher calling our SRO a dog walker, it motivated people to say, you've got that wrong, honey, and showed up and voted. And so again, all I do is win, win, win. We got our SRO anyway. Um, so, you know, the only thing I'm going to say about this is Somerset has an opportunity here where we could have a MTA um, supporter um, and I don't know specifically, I'm hoping that we, we have an opportunity to ask her about her own stance, but if we're going by what her husband is, um, her husband was, uh, you know, not for SRO funding, um, Somerset probably isn't going to be paying attention to that, right? Because people are busy and they don't care about small elections, but the first step, um, is, uh, stopping people like that from getting on the school committee. So that they're not on there. And then the next thing you know, um, there's conversations about critical race theory. There's books in the classrooms that people are going to get, you know, fired up about. Um, the, the first line of defense of that is running people who keep the politics out of it or are Republican who understand that there's no place for third graders to be learning about, you know, sex through books that their parents don't know about with, you know, talking about like gender fluid, you know, whatever in second grade. Um, and so I, I don't know who it's going to be. It's not me, but somebody needs to start talking about the candidates that are running for school committee um, and bring these people to the forefront, show up to the debates um, and and ask the right questions so you know who's going to be in charge of your kid's education because uh, I got a feeling Sleepy Somerset's going to sleep on this and we're going to have a, a an issue on our hands. All right? All right. Um, there's time probably for one more phone call if somebody wants to call in, 508-996-0500. We're going to take our last break and we'll be back for some general housekeeping and a song. Well, um, yeah. Okay, we'll see you when we get back. You're gone too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch, girl, but it's gone too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far.
Jeez, that song slaps, huh? That's been like one of my go-tos on my like playlist lately. I started walking um, just because I, I took for granted being here on the radio in the comfort of the studio where nobody can see me. But when I'm filling in for Grace, there's a video out there. Um, and man, it, you know, like I wish I had like one less chin. So I've been walking, nothing crazy, maybe a little run towards the end of my walk. Um, so I needed a playlist. Um, it's fine, but that song's on it on one of my playlists. <laughs> the other playlist is just the sound of all my enemies tears <laughs> uh, fun fact Jim Lyons posted um, Republicans who voted with the radical Democrats to protect abortion providers to pay for a gender affirming health care and a sex reassignment surgery and he posted the names of them Jones Ferguson Frost Gifford Barrows I just I don't I don't know how we can get past this, but I really don't want to be part of the party that is like, um, you know, telling people what to do. You know, it's getting old. Uh, you can certainly have those values at home. Uh, but if you're a true Republican, you let people do what they want exclusively. Like you just do what you want. Like me. I do what I please and I do it with ease. Uh, besties, thanks for joining me. Happy birthday to Marcus. I will not be here on Saturday, uh, but we'll be playing either the best of Howie or when I was filling in for Grace last week. Um, I will be back next week.